What's going on? Welcome to Mailbox Monday. I'm your host, Josh, and I'm here with... KG, KG in the house. And today we're going to be doing a Most Asked of 2018 edition Q&A, where we're going to go over some of the questions we've been repeatedly asked and just dive into them and kind of knock them out nice and quick, go do a nice overview. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the answers to some of the most commonly asked questions. So first and foremost, the question I get asked quite frequently is, is protein going to help me gain weight or help me lose weight rather? and gain muscle. So a lot of people think protein is a magical supplement, which it is not. People seem to forget that protein very much so is a nutrient, right? And that's all it is at the end of the day. It's a derivative of uh, milk lactose, essentially. So they're just it's a portion of that milk where they actually just kind of seep the protein part of it, and that's why it's usually a milk-based whey protein. You can have some that are filtered more finely, and that's going to be an isolate. And that's why they're very dense in protein, very low in fat, low, very low in carbs. And they, they're great in shakes, usually in powder form. And it's just an easy, easily digestible source for your protein. And the reason that's so good is if you have a really low diet, low in protein, you can have a quick little shake to get a nice dose of 25 to 30 grams per scoop. And that's really going to help you out. But at the end of the day, if you're already having a diet very full of protein, you don't really need it. At the end of the day, it's a supplement. It's in, you know, you can supplement to your diet. If you need that extra protein, it's another source for you to get easily with quick access, but there's nothing more magical about it. At the end of the day, if I were to have chicken or protein, I would choose chicken every time because it's a more whole source of food and it will contain more leptin, which is a valuable amino acid only found in naturally, um, not most commonly found in naturally occurring proteins like animals and things like that if you're vegan obviously there's ways to supplement things like this and be on top of that and you can look for other whole sources of protein but it's a great addition especially for people that don't have a ton of money to buy a lot of chicken a lot of meat a lot of turkey you know or other high protein kind of snacks so that's your short-term answer it's nothing magical it's not going to be stack on mass or lose weight but it is a great addition that's a great uh it's a great answer dude so um i get asked this very often especially with in-person clients um so basically the question is if i'm looking to get abs should i be training it every single day and this kind of drives me nuts occasionally especially with the beginners you know i'll put them through a workout where it's like a lot of muscle building exercises doing the compound lifts and whatnot and they're like, well, why didn't we do abs? Why didn't we do leg raises, Russian twists, crunches? And this is going to probably turn into some type of myth-busting episode because the answer is you really don't have to be doing abs every single day. You really don't even have to be doing it too much to get the shape of abs, okay? So nutrition is the biggest thing. You've got to be in a calorie deficit to get them to show. But on top of that, majority of the exercises you're doing within your workout are going to work your abs. Your abs are a stabilizer on something like a, a deadlift or a squat or anything like that. So you don't have to spend an entire workout doing abs and sometimes it can be honestly a waste of time if you have an hour in the gym you're not going to want to spend 30 minutes doing abs if you're trying to just gain muscle but also get your abs to show so that's uh something that i'm asked very 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 often Next up, another protein-based question is how can I get more protein in my diet without resorting to only protein powder and meats? So a lot of people want other options, and the best thing I like to suggest is kind of filling the cracks with small little snacks and foods. So Greek yogurt, although it's not as dense in protein as chicken or a protein powder, that's still like 10 grams or so per 100 calorie serving, which is quite a lot if you consider that will add up. If you have one or two of those in the day, that's an extra 20 grams in your diet. So it's to be intelligent and look for different 
different ways to kind of insert it. So for me, I'll usually have about four to five meals in a day, and I'll aim to have between, I'd say, 30 and 60 grams of protein per meal. I find that's what works most optimal for me. I'm not there measuring it out. I just find it's a good accountability mechanism to ensure I'm hitting what I need. And I try to stay away from having like 200 grams of carbs in one meal and only five protein because that makes things really imbalanced. So if you can try to balance things, it makes it a lot easier. And if I know I am having something denser later in the day, I'll have more protein going forward in the day. But some great examples of snacks, once again, are Greek yogurt. Nuts can be pretty dense in protein, but also high in fat. Um, protein bars can be good, but I'd encourage everyone to be very wary. Um, a lot of the protein bars have like 12 to 20 grams of fiber, which is absolutely intense. <laughs> yeah. If you're having a very low fiber diet, it's okay to supplement with some insoluble fiber. It's not the end of the world, but if you're pretty high in fiber, like I'd say about six grams a day, it will really hurt your stomach, back you all up, and put you out of whack especially if you're having two or three protein bars myself and Kyle made that mistake in the past one really isn't a big deal it's a great little snack and if it's something you enjoy it can be fantastic post-workout I used to be very into them they just got a little tiresome on me but yeah and then past that you can find other things that are supplemented with unique sources of protein like there's uh, Kodiak cake pancakes which are quite dense and they're flapjacks that are very dense in protein in and of themselves you can add protein to that you can cook with protein you just need to look for little ways to slow get your numbers up there's cricket powders there's other there's a million yeah. different sources and you just kind of be a little creative and find what works for you find the snacks that help and even some vegetables will help add on broccoli is pretty dense per caloric serving but at the end of the day it's going to be very minimal so you need to look at things in a total picture and you can't resort on one magic meal or food well said i'm trying to pull up a couple more questions i got a few you more got one? okay cool. asked a lot all right beauty <laughs> So another common one is, at what point should I start wearing a belt? It's a great question. Um, I mean, oh, when did I start wearing it? I think as soon as I was hitting like 315 on like the deadlift, I was like, okay, I think it, it definitely will help. Um, I mean, you probably have a better answer for this. Yeah, so I guess I get asked this a lot too, but... So most people, the most common mistake is that a belt is to protect your back. Yeah. And it, it is and it isn't at the same time. So when you squat bench or deadlift or OHP, the most common exercise you use for this, you're generating a lot of intra-abdominal pressure. So what that belt does, it's like a wall in front of your stomach for you to learn to brace against. So if I'm flexing my abs into something, it helps me with mental cueing to get that intra-abdominal pressure to really brace and tighten up everything like it needs to be, which is going to protect your back and prevent you from leaning. And that's the main benefit of the belt. It's mainly for internal mental cueing, even without you really recognizing that you're doing it. So that's going to go a long way. It also just offers some extra support mentally that you have this thing wrapped around you. I would argue you could really use it whenever. Some people argue you should go without because you'll learn to brace better without it. But I would argue the belt teaches you how to brace properly. And now even when I go without it, I just need to be a little bit more to the point with my breathing and be ultra tight to ensure I'm doing it correctly. But I find for the most part, I still am able to keep a lot of tension going up to, I'd say, about 80% of my max. And I could get away without it. But normally a rule of thumb I have for people is once you start squatting or deadlifting about 1.5 times body weight, I go. find it as a pretty healthy area to start introducing a belt. If you're under that, it's not too heavy. Just work on keeping things tight, work on your form and your cueing, but the belt will go a long way as far as that is concerned. Beauty. Um, and this is something I get, uh, another question when people sign up for coaching or training, they're like, okay, I'm looking to lose weight. Um, 
how much cardio am I going to be doing? And lots of people assume that cardio is the direct way just to lose weight. They think they have to be doing it five times a week for an hour. And it's just absolutely nuts because, um, you know, it's definitely not the way. Like, people will sometimes be kind of confused when they see that we're doing lots of weight training and whatnot. Obviously, as I've mentioned before, being in a calorie deficit is the number one way to lose weight. Strength training is absolutely fantastic. But in terms of cardio, it's just a little added bonus. You can get away, and I've gotten away many times losing lots of weight without doing cardio but if you're in a calorie deficit and then doing a couple hundred calories of cardio each day will just add on to that deficit so it's not essential but sometimes it can be an added bonus nice okay next up i'll get kyle to answer this one it's more so around our coaching but a lot of people even got a message last night saying do you offer meal plans oh, and yeah. people that know we don't offer meal plans they say why do you not offer meal plans so yeah this is a great question i've had so many people just ask this throughout the year and to be honest it's just you know the number one way we find people will lose weight or gain muscle is by giving you the freedom to choose the foods you enjoy. So basically we follow a flexible dieting approach, but we're helping you understand, uh, essentially, we're, we're, we're getting you to walk to the river and drink water, but we're not forcing you to drink it because this way you can learn to do it yourself. You can learn to pretty much... analogy. I know, I've never is heard that. A, that I, I think I've... It's like a fishing analogy you said the other day, I think. Like we're yeah, not like sticking your head under the water. I think I, think I made it, it up. But like the point is that we're, we're essentially trying to teach you and give you the building blocks to go off on your own and do it yourself. You guys will have to let me know if that makes any sense. Walking people to the river. We're, we're walking you there, but we're not forcing you down there. Yeah, but either it. way, the point is, guys, we're, um, nobody sticks to it as well. Like anytime, I, I've done it before and just, you, you go out to dinner with your friends and you're just like, wow, this plain crappy broccoli chicken and rice with no oil is not here what am i going to do you go overboard you lose focus you don't see results so what we do for online coaching program is we'll give you pretty much the calories we want you to aim for the fiber the protein the carbs and we'll give you recommendations and you're allowed to have 80 percent whole nutritious foods the other 20 percent is more fun foods if you choose to follow that route and this is the way our clients will always 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 see the best results that's it so always we're both the best results always always um yeah that was a great great answer right there a weird analogy at the end of the day in theory most diets would work better than this for instance if i told you to eat only broccoli and chicken for the next six months you would lose a ton of weight Mm -hmm. and it would be extremely effective however this is short-sighted because this is not something you can follow for your life and you're going to fall off quite frequently and quite often you're going to be in a social situation where there's no chicken and broccoli and you're going to go overboard you know you're going to get in that mindset of i'm already being destructive i'm going to continue to be destructive and the whole point of the if it fits your macros flexible dieting calorie whatever you want to call it is it's in the parameters of your life everyone has different situations they like different foods so for me to give you a meal plan full of foods i like that you may hate Cal hates onions. I love onions. Mm-hmm. I cook with onion a lot. If I'm programming him a ton of onion and I don't like fish and he has no fish, he enjoys fish, it's not going to work. That's a class of interest and it's going to be something he doesn't want to stick to. And the problem with meal plans too is it demonizes foods. And we try not to do that. Obviously, there are some foods that are significantly worse 
for you than others. But at the end of the day, it's all about moderation and enjoying yourself. And there's so many good access to cool and unique experiences. And, you know, if you have the chance to go to a once in a lifetime restaurant, you're on a meal plan, it's just not representative or realistic. Whereas when you're doing flexible dieting and we give you these macronutrient criteria, you can make that work within those numbers, still enjoy yourself and still stay on track. And we find that people have a longer term success rate for this and they can incorporate this as a measure for their whole lives and to be consistent within their journey. Okay, next question. Here's another myth type of uh, one. Is Does sugar make you fat? Oh my gosh. Oh, wait. No, it's, <laughs> there's too much sugar in my protein. It's making me fat. It's making me fat. Oh man, it's, it's funny. We had a buddy... He's a good friend. I'm, you know, he probably won't be listening to this, but he's like, "Hey, man." He's like, "I had to get rid of my protein shake, man. There was like a couple grams. It was just, it's causing like me to be fat. It was sugar, like four grams, yeah. and it's just like this is turning into a myth bust Monday instead of mailbox Monday because throughout the entire year, like obviously we're training many clients and we're we're listening to what other people are saying or what they've been told through, you know, online resources or other trainers or coaches or something like that, and it's just insane because like you hear some people say things such as like oh yeah I've, I have sugar I'm gonna turn fat and people are on like zero sugar diets or trying to just be so good that like when they're good they're good and then they go overboard and the, the basic answer here guys is sugar does not inherently make you fat it's the overconsumption and obviously if you guys can pick out foods that are high in sugar a lot of them are just easier to consume like you're talking gummy bears or something like that or sour candies like it's a lot easier to consume a lot more of it because it's just addictive um, but obviously sugar on its own does not make you fat so that's something to keep in mind I, I think a lot of um, things uh, similar to what Josh was just saying you don't want to put a label on it because if you're thinking okay I'm never gonna have sugar it's so bad for me once you get your hands on it you go overboard you have a bad reputation or just a bad like representation with that um, that thing you're just gonna go overboard and never see results so it doesn't make you fat <laughs> Next up, um, it's not so much of a question, I'll turn into more of a bit of a rant because I get questions centered around this quite often, but I don't know how to formulate a question as effectively as possible. But uh, next up is around superfoods. So a lot of people will say quinoa is a superfood, this is, this is the best stuff right here, you need to eat this. And a common trap I'll, I'll see people into is the mindset of you can eat as much as you want so long as it's healthy, but a matter of fact is if you're eating you know, pounds and pounds of quinoa, you're just going to be as bad as a person who's eating a pizza. And it's just, yeah. it's a still a dense amount of food. Every, nothing is good in a surplus. Everything is good in moder moderation. If you're having 600 grams of protein, that is not healthy and that is actually going to cause harm. So you need to be reasonable with everything. And just because the food's healthy doesn't mean you should be scarfing back copious amounts of it because of its health-related benefit. Obviously, when you're in a normal kind of caloric measurement of uh, calories, it's gonna be a lot healthier. You're gonna be able to incorporate that and it's gonna be foods that are usually superfoods are more dense in vitamins, fibers, all these good things and kind of complex carbs which are gonna help with satiety so it's gonna affect how full you feel, the energy you can generate from them. But at the end of the day, it all needs to be within moderation and you can't use it as an excuse to eat copious amounts of a quote unquote superfood, even like avocado or something. If you're scarfing oh, yeah, it back, that adds up. it's the same thing. If you're having 200 grams of avocado, you're still having 200 grams of fat of avocado. It's the same as that person who's having 200 grams of wings. You're really putting yourself in the same boat. So you want to benefit from superfoods by being intelligent with them and not going overboard and just using it as an excuse to binge out on quote-unquote healthy foods. It can be just as dangerous, but the one benefit to them is usually it's harder to do this 
because of their health, they're healthier, there's more satiety, and that's argument for them. But I know a lot of people that are dieting, and they just eat a ton of these foods, and they use it as an excuse as to why they're overweight or whatever, and that's just something I kind of wanted to dispel. I guess it's half yeah. end-of-the-year common question, half myth. That's great, and one of the reasons I feel I'm so passionate about this and not putting labels on foods and, and whatnot is because when I first tried to diet, the very first time, I think I was in maybe grade 11, or, or maybe, I think I was in grade 12, and I struggled a lot and I hate to see other people struggle and follow the same path that I did I think I went back and forth for about a year because I believe that things like you know you're told that tuna is good so I used to have tuna sandwiches on whole wheat bread and I was like oh I'm dieting people would ask me and then I have like whole wheat pasta because it's whole wheat you know obviously whole wheat's good for you um, with turkey uh, and then just sauce and stuff like that and it was just ridiculous because I had such a high amount of calories and um, I was not able to lose weight because my calories were exceeding my calorie expenditure. So this is something that a lot of you guys need to take into consideration and make sure that you're not using this as a crutch because I spent many, many, many years, not many years, many months, just absolutely messed up because I used to think like, as long as I'm eating healthy, I'll lose weight, but I was still eating more calories than I was burning each day. Just want to thank every single one of you for sticking around and uh, supporting us throughout this journey of having this podcast because we've been uploading consistently we've been having a lot of fun with it so if you could please share it with a friend leave a review it would absolutely mean the world to us and on top of that we are taking on a couple more clients we're taking on three more clients for online coaching so if you guys can relate to any of these questions that um, you know we've been answering or just like the routines that we have set up and just our um, you know mental frame of how we do the coaching and everything we'd love to take you on and help you reach your fitness goals so click the first link in the notes down below go to colossusfitness.com hit online coaching and we'd love to transform and help you see amazing progress in 2019 kg peace out